Not hearing anything out of that camera. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, this morning I want to bring you a message, and it's entitled Audacious Hope. And so, you know, now more than ever, people are looking for hope. You know, on our way here this morning, we saw uh, the rainbows uh, on billboards. Rainbows, we've been putting, people have been putting rainbows in their houses. And once again, the rainbow has become a symbol of hope. There's hope that we will get through this thing. We will make it through. And so people are more desperate than ever for hope. And so as you and I as Christians, where do we stand in the midst of this? When people look at our lives, what do they see? Do they see someone who's just as scared as the rest of the world? Or when someone in the world looks at you and I, do they see what we're called to be as Christians, those who carry audacious hope? Hope that hopes in the midst of hopelessness. Hope that hopes when there is no hope. This is the hope that God gives, and this is what I want to talk to you about today. Now listen, I'm not saying uh, that everything is going to turn around. I'm not saying that we're going to be out of this in a week. I'm praying for that. I'm believing for that. Uh, but this could go on for, for months. We could be here until 4th of July. Who knows? I still have hope no matter what the outcome is. My hope does not, re- my hope does not rest in, the, in what I see. My hope rests in God and in God alone. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Amen. All right, come on. Let me uh, start my, my thing here. Hang on a minute. I got to pop out of that. Get that. Got that. Hang on. I'm not seeing my notes. Let me just, uh... oh, I know what I got to do. Hang on. Praise the Lord. Thank you for bearing with me. The, one, the live feed team is doing an awesome job. Give them a hand. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. All right. That was totally my error. So here's what I want to start with. I want to start with uh, Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. And this is what it says. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into the grace of God in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Well, now, if that's not a mouthful in that first sentence, that is thick. That is rich. There is so much there. We're just going to think on that, and we're going to know that it's there, but I want to go on to the next sentence, sentence number two. It's not verse two, but it's sentence number two. And it says this, it says, and not only that, okay, let me, step, let me step back one second. Justified by faith, we have peace with God through, whom, with, through Jesus Christ, through whom we have access by faith to God, to the grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. It's crazy. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Boy, that sounds familiar, right? We've heard this somewhere else before, right? We glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Come on. Come on. And not only that, right? All of that beginning stuff, which is amazing. It's awesome. But we glory in tribulations. We glory in our trials because we know that our tribulations or our trials produce perseverance. Yeah. Perseverance or endurance. 
persevering faith. Trials produce persevering faith. Persevering faith produces character. And not just any character, not that we would be a character, but it produces godly character. And so tribulations produce persevering faith, which produces godly character, which produces hope, produces audacious hope, produces hope that comes from God. And this is the hope that we have. And godly hope, it says that hope does not disappoint. Godly hope does not disappoint. When we have the hope of God, we won't be disappointed. What an amazing scripture. What did it sound like? Sounded like this. Sounded like James 1, 2 through 5. My brethren, yes, this is where we're going. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. This is, I've, I've read one guy, he said, this is the hardest scripture in the Bible. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. For you know that the testing of your faith why should we do that? Because we know that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Count it all joy. NIV says, consider it pure joy. NLT, NASB, they say, consider it joy. Uh, the Passion Translation says, see it as joy. And so what we're understanding from this, from this portion of Scripture is that it's a choice. Yeah, yeah. We're all going to go through trials. Yeah. We're all going through, in some ways, the same trial, right? We're all going through the same trial. We're all at home. We're all locked in at home. Some of, uh, some of you medical people, you guys are working extra hours. Some of you uh, uh, people that work at grocery markets and stuff, you guys are working extra long hours because there's, there's a demand on your job. And so, but we're all going through a trial. And, you know, we could compare our trials to one another. My trial's worse than your trial. Your trial's worse than my trial. Listen, there's no virtue in comparing the trials. And once we start to compare our trial with somebody else, we lose the ability to gain healing over what we're going through. (laughs) There is no virtue in comparing our trials one to another. And when we compare our trials one with another, we lose the ability to gain healing over the trial that we're going through. Don't compare your trial to somebody else. Don't say, oh, don't, don't be in an attitude where, listen, I've got to prove that my trial is worse than yours. You don't understand who I'm locked at home with. <laughs> listen, we've all got it rough. Joy in the midst of trials. How do, you know... This is incredible. You know, I've preached James 1, 2 forever. And James 1, 2 comes at it from this angle. James 1, 2 says, hey, listen, you're going to go through a trial. Think of it as joy because you know that it's working faith in you. Whereas Romans 5, which we had just read, starts out and it says, okay, listen, here, let's watch this. This is a building. It's building the other way. It says, look, we're all going to go through trials. We're all going to persevere. We're all going to grow in character. We're all going to have hope and we're all going to have joy. And so if we embrace the process that God's got us in, Romans 5.1 says, is that at the end of it, we'll have joy and hope. But James says that we can have it at the beginning. Which one's true? Both of them. We can have it at the beginning, and it's going to work it in us at the end. We need to embrace it at the beginning by faith. How does this work that I get joy when things go wrong? I don't know. 
But when things go wrong, I'm not going to throw a panic, and I'm not going to be like, ah, and I'm going to get mad. I'm just going to be like, God, I don't know what you're doing. God, I have no idea what you're doing. Joy means this. Joy doesn't mean that we laugh and we smile all of the time, right? When trials come, and they will, and when things are not the way that we want them, it doesn't mean that we need to be all smiles, but what it means is that we have a confident expectation that God will work all things together for good, Romans 8, 28. God will work it together. God's going to bring all of this. God, I don't understand where I'm at. God, I don't understand why we're all locked at home. God, I don't understand why this is going on. God, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. Everything's being shaken. Why is this happening? I don't know, but you know what? I know that you are good, and I know that you are going to take this thing that we're all going through, and that out of it, it's going to be better. It's going to be better. And God, I have that confident expectation, and God, that's what I'm looking for. And I will have joy in the midst of whatever's going on because I'm not focused on what's going on anymore. I'm focused on God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as I was thinking about this and, you know, I'm thinking about the trial that everybody's going through. We're all in this trial. And, and so I'm thinking, like, we've never been this way before. This is something totally new, totally unexpected. I've got nobody that I can call and say, hey, what do I do now? Uh, although, you know, I've been on a few different Zoom calls with pastors from all around the nation, you know, talking about what they're all doing. But you know what, I, you know what I'm thinking? I'm like, God's got us in a trial of, of biblical proportions. We've never seen this before. But you know what's cool? God must think, God must think like either I've got amazing faith or that he's going to build amazing faith in me. Here I'm in the midst of the trial, right? God, you're, you're doing something awesome. God, either you think that I'm, I'm Superman, I've got this super strong faith, or you, you want to build this super strong faith in me. Yeah. yeah, he does. God believes in you. Yeah. God believes that you have awesome faith. And God wants to work in you better faith. He wants to strengthen your faith. He wants to take your faith, and however big it is, he wants to increase it and increase it and increase it. He wants to bring your faith to a point where all bets are off. God believes in you. Matthew 17, 21 says this. It says, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, they questioned Jesus. Why couldn't we heal this person? Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you that if you have the faith as of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move for you. And nothing will be impossible for you. Faith is like a muscle, right? And so our muscles can be weak or our muscles can be strong. And how do we make our muscles stronger? We need to work them out. We need to use resistance. We need to get the weights, and we need to start moving our muscles. But that's not enough. We also need to eat protein, right? For those of you that work out, it's not enough to just use the weights because if we just use the weights, then we'll just continue to get weaker. We need to eat the protein, and we need to do other things in good health. We need to drink the right amount of water. We need to get the right amount of rest. We need to let our muscles rest in between the workouts. And so there's a process to building muscles and making them bigger. And there's a process to our building our faith muscle as well. There's a process to this. And what's the process? The process is trials. James 1, 2 says that when we go through trials, it builds our faith. It's not just enough to have trials. That's like the work that tears down the muscle. We need to also have the Word of God we need to be in the Word of God constantly because as we're in the Word of God, we come to know Jesus better. We're refreshing and we're renewing our mind, and we need to add to that the presence of God. 
And so in the same way, when we work out our natural muscles, we need to have the, the, the resistance, we need to have the, the, the workout, we need to have that, that part that we don't like, but we also need to have the protein and we need to have the rest. And so when we work out our spiritual muscles, when we work out faith, we need to have trials. James tells us this. Nobody likes that. But we need to have the Word of God and we need to have the presence of God. And so get all three of those going. Listen, there's never been a better time to find joy in the midst of trials. You want to know why? Because you're in a trial anyway. This trial, I don't know if it's going to be here for another week or another month or another two months, but it doesn't matter. We're all in a trial. We're all in the midst of a trial. Embrace the trial. Embrace what God is doing. I don't understand it. Hopefully at the end I will. Next year we'll sit around, hopefully we'll, you know, and we'll just be like, how wasn't that funny? Wasn't that great? I don't know. I don't know. The word, his presence, and trials. Mix mix these three things together, and your faith is going to grow. 1 Peter 1, 6-9 says this, In this you rejoice greatly, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with inexpressible joy and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of souls. Listen, your faith is of much more value than all of the gold in the world. Your faith is the most valuable thing. And so during this time, listen, Things are shaking. There's trials. Press into God. Get your faith to grow during this time. The kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says this. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, love, joy, peace, patience, or long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, people, people say, um, you know, don't pray for don't pray for patience. This is something you may have heard. This is something that, you know, maybe somebody instructed you to do this. You know, don't pray for patience. Don't ever pray for patience. I was told that as a young Christian. You know why? Because there's only one way to get patience. And so James 1, 2 says that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And so if we want, or or patience, the testing of your faith develops patience. So if we want patience and if we pray for patience, then we're sure to run into the testing of our faith. And how is our faith tested? Through trials. And so the, the, the import here, for, as I was a young Christian, was don't pray for patience because you know that you're going to get tested. Because faith, like joy, like faith, it's a muscle and it grows in response to the testing that we go through. And so that's okay. I mean, you don't have to have peace. You don't have to have patience. You don't have to have joy. But we can. They're ours. But we have to embrace the process. We have to embrace the process. God's always about bringing us through a process. But there's good news. Galatians 5.22 says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. And so when we fellowship with God, when we spend time in, in the Word and we spend time worshiping Him, when we're in the presence of God, when the Holy Spirit's on us, we will receive 
for love. We will receive joy. We will receive peace and patience. All of these things will come to us as the fruit of fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. And so now more than ever, during, your, during, your, you know, during the week, get along with Jesus. Spend time with Him. Let Him pour in the peace. Let Him pour in the joy. Let Him pour in the hope of God. The audacious hope. Romans 15, 13 says this. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is a God of hope. Our hope is in God. He has the hope, and He will give it to us. May God fill you with all joy, and may God fill you with peace. God can literally pour joy into you. God can literally pour, pour, pour peace into you. And the result is that we have hope. And so during this time, things are being shaken. People are looking for hope. Be the hope of the world. Have audacious hope. Have the hope of God. I want to take uh, just a moment, and I want to take the offering here at the end. Uh, we shared at, in the middle how you can give. I'll share that again. Uh, but I want to share this scripture with you, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 12 through 13. Uh, Paul's talking about giving, and he says, For the administration of this service, he's talking about giving, not only supplies the needs of the saints here in the church, but is also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God, while through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Jesus Christ and your liberal sharing with them and all men. And so let me say this, is that your giving allows us as the church to be a help during this time of great need. And so I want to thank you guys for giving during this time. I want to thank you guys for, uh, many of you have downloaded uh, the app. You've gone, you've gone to the website. You've done the digital process where you haven't before. So that's awesome. Thank you for giving. Uh, many of you are either dropping your checks at the church or you're mailing them in. I want to thank you for that. You guys have been faithful and uh, uh, it's just been awesome. And we have the ability and we will continue to reach out and to take care of those that are in need during this time. So let's just pray and uh, let's just pray over that offering right now. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we thank you uh, for redeeming love. God, I thank you for every giver. And God, I pray your blessing upon uh, this day, this offering that we're about to give. And God, I just pray that you multiply it and God, that uh, you help us to do more with what we have in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you're watching and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, and you've heard what I've been talking to you about, and you're like, yeah, I want to know Jesus. I want to lead you in a prayer, and I want you to just pray this prayer with me. And it's just a simple uh, declaration that says that you want to follow Jesus. And so let's just pray. Father God, I'm a sinner. I pray that you would come and forgive me of my sins, that you would help me to live for you all of the days of my life to obey what you've instructed in your word. And God, I pray that you would help me to follow you all of the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, either leave me a comment in the comment bar. Like I said, I read all of those. Or send us an email at info at redeeminglovechurch.org. And I would love to just give you some more information about what your next steps would be. Uh, finally, I want to pray. 
Uh, before we pray and dismiss, I want to pray for healing. And let me say this about healing. We believe in healing. We believe in the power of God to heal. And so someone might ask, well, if we believe in the power of God to heal, then why aren't we still meeting as a church? And so there's a good answer for that. And this is the answer. It's, it's simple, but it's not easy to understand. So let me just throw it out at you. I don't, I don't believe that I will get coronavirus, okay? And so I don't believe that I'll get coronavirus for the same reason that we are seeing healings, because the power of God is present to heal. But it's wisdom for us to not meet together in a large group for the same reason that many people don't get healed when we pray for healing. And we don't understand why people don't get healed when we pray for healing. And so in the same way, we don't want to endanger people that maybe wouldn't be protected from the coronavirus. And so then we would ask, well, why would some be protected and others won't? The same reason why some are healed and others aren't. And so we don't understand. But what we want to do is we want to use wisdom. And so it's wisdom for us to not meet together. We'll be, we're able to meet here digitally. Thank God for this, uh, this technology. Uh, but let's just pray. Stacy, Pastor Stacy, come on up here with me. Let's pray. I want to pray for healing. Uh, whether you're feeling sick or whether you have some kind of a pain in your body, uh, I just want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray for the healing power of God to flow through this technology right now. And God, that it would just meet people where they're at. God, you do not limit your Holy Spirit by a room. God, we can pray for people in other zip codes, in other states, in other countries, in other nations, and you will, your Holy Spirit is there. And God, we pray right now for the healing power of God to flow to flow out and to touch every person who's sick yeah. in any way, whether they've got a cold, whether they've got congestion. God, everyone watching by the live feed this morning, God, mm. Father God, we pray, we pray for pains in people's bodies to go in Jesus' name. Yes. We pray for healings for knees in Jesus' name. We pray for healings for thyroids in Jesus' name. God, we just pray that the healing power of God would flow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And um, I just uh, kept getting a name today, um, Mary Slavinsky. Um, I'm not sure if you're watching, but I just felt like the Lord right now is just going to just touch you. Um, so I just ask even everybody who's listening to just lift um, Mary up to you, um, lift her up in prayer right now as I pray. Lord, yes. we just ask right now, God, that you Healing would touch Mary name. where she is in her home, Lord God. And uh, it doesn't matter who's around her, Lord, if there's somebody with her, just to lay hands on her. Lord, we ask for your healing presence to Heal just her, fill her, Lord, to touch her. Yes. God, we ask that pain would go from her body right healing now, Lord God. What doctors couldn't figure out, God, you already know, Lord Jesus. So we ask for you to just come, Lord God. We command the pain yes. in her back to go. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus and we name. thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for healing her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'll just end with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you peace. Have a great day. Have a great week. We'll see you guys all here next Sunday. And be sure to check out our uh, daily videos at 10 a.m. Have a great week.